This is a bonus episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze a whole heck of a lot of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, okay, what is this? What is this bonus episode, you may ask? Well, if you're a paid subscriber, you already got the newsletter for this fabulous episode. uh, Unpaid subscribers also got it. They just didn't get the full newsletter. It's like a teaser. Um, So what is this about? So last Wednesday, this would have been, I would say this very briefly. I would have had this Twitter thread up within 24, 48 hours of this actual event happening. The podcast would have been done also around the same time. The reason why this is so late is because there was a holiday called Thanksgiving, which in the United States is a major, major holiday. Um, And I was out of town and traveling and came back. So what I did was Sunday I came back home and I debated if I should even cover this. And I thought, you know, I'm this, all of this happened on shows that I don't normally cover on Fox News. Uh, This fiasco of Fox News, basically what happened is Fox News got a story horribly, horribly wrong, just horribly wrong, way off. And they did so for about three and a half hours, just humiliated themselves as the joke of a network that they are, where they just got this wrong. So I was like, what should I do about this? So Sunday, right before my deadline for my regular podcast newsletter, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. Let's do this. So I'll break some of that down as we go through this. Um, But here's the headline. Fox News, a timeline about how a jihadist attack on America was really just an exploding Bentley. How Fox News got this story completely wrong. So on Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023, Fox News made a number of false assumptions about a tragic car accident in Niagara Falls, New York. A Fox News correspondent reporting from Manhattan claimed, quote, high-ranking police sources, end quote, confirmed that a car explosion near a border checkpoint was related to a terrorist attack. If you're not familiar with New York State, Niagara Falls is right next to Canada, and it's very far away from Manhattan. It's like half a day. It's six and a half hours, roughly, driving. So for three and a half hours, Fox hosts and journalists assumed, with no supporting evidence, that the terrorists involved were radicalized Muslims responding to the Israel-Hamas war. And at around 5 p.m., the network walked back its reporting and confirmed that authorities at the scene of the accident did not think it was related to a terrorist event. No other major news media company made the same mistake. None of them did. None of them. People tried to argue that they did with me on Twitter, but what the other media companies did is they basically said, we don't know. And we don't know what was the appropriate way to handle this. Not, oh, it was Islamic terrorists. Come on. The timeline, so this timeline that I'm going to go through with you, breaks down six hours of Fox News from 12 noon to 6 p.m. The actual accident happened at 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. And a car exploded at the border checkpoint in Niagara Falls, New York. And it was a 2022 Bentley Flying Spur. Sped through an intersection at a high speed. The driver hit a median, causing the car to go airborne. The vehicle slammed into a row of security booths at the Rainbow Bridge and burst into flames, killing the driver and passenger. I wasn't exactly sure when Fox News began reporting on this story, so I captured and analyzed Fox News programming, starting with Outnumbered, which aired from uh, noon to 1 p.m. 
So Outnumber did not include anything about this accident. So I just, but I needed to get it because I didn't know. So I captured America Reports, which is a two-hour news event from 1 to 3 p.m. And again, if you're not American, and I do have some people who are not American who listen to the podcast, you're a tiny minority, but I don't want to leave you out. Um, Wednesday was the day before Thanksgiving, which again is a major, major holiday in the, in the United States. This is on par with Christmas in the United States. It's, it's a great holiday. I'll just briefly explain it because it's not tied to a religion. So people of all faiths tend to celebrate it. It does kind of have a dark history with uh, Native Americans and colonialism and all that in the United States, but that's kind of all of our history. It has some dark layers to it, but I won't go down that horrible path, but I will just say that it is a big holiday in the United States. So Fox had a lot of substitutions, which you will go through in this um, podcast. So America Report starts at 1 to 3 p.m. The first half hour was totally normal. Uh, relevant guests included Bill Daly, former FBI investigator, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, Republican candidate for president, Morgan Ortegas, former State Department spokesperson of the Trump administration, Fran Townsend, former U.S. DHS secretary advisor under the Bush administration, and Paul Morrow, a, re- a retired NYPD inspector. Paul Morrow's on Fox all the time. So it's... Uh, America Reports is normally co-hosted by John Roberts and Sandra Smith. Uh, They are considered the legit part of the news team at Fox. But because it was the day before Thanksgiving, Jillian Turner was filling in for Smith. So 1.30, it was actually 1.27, close enough. The producers cut into the broadcast with a breaking news story about the explosion. So this story took over the network so much that they did not cut to a commercial until at least 30 minutes into the story with Martha McCallum, sometime around 3.30. So they went two hours straight, no commercials, no commercials. And every single segment was about this explosion. So after the brief breaking news segment about the explosion, Roberts read a brief statement by the FBI in Buffalo, New York, and then went right into a story about a trans woman swimmer, New Jersey. So they weren't sure what to make of the story at first. They just briefly mentioned it, uh, kept going with the normal programming. 146, Roberts wrote a statement while the screen was completely 100% dedicated to a live feed of the scene of the crash. And here's how this event started. Alexis McAdams is reporting that that according to high-level police sources, the explosion was an attempted terrorist attack. So you could see how if you were watching Fox News, this would be very alarming, correct? So at 1.51, things get even, they ratchet up even more. Fox is like, you know what? We don't have enough tension telling our viewers it was a terrorist attack. Let's go one step further. And this is Eric Sean, a Fox News correspondent reporting from New York City. This is being looked at as an act of terrorism. Uh, certainly would seem to bring a lot of credence to what the FBI director was saying in uh, in hearings on Capitol Hill recently. Yeah, uh, John, uh, that's exactly what FBI Director Christopher Wray uh, testified before the House just last week, saying because of the unrest in the Middle East that the FBI was uh, monitoring a variety uh, of p- possibilities, that there could be a uh, radical Islamic terrorist attack right here in the United States, including potentially uh, t- uh, covered by uh, yeah. Hamas. So that is 20 minutes after the story 
breaks on Fox News, someone, I would say completely irresponsibly, jumps all the way to, this must be a Muslim attack. This must be radical Muslims on a jihad attacking the United States because of the Israel-Hamas war. What evidence did Fox News have to back that up? Absolutely nothing. The person reporting that, saying that out loud, Eric Sean, is in Manhattan. How far away, again, is Manhattan from Niagara Falls? Six and a half hours. Now, Fox News would have correspondents in the area. I'm sure they have an affiliate in Buffalo, New York, which is close by. I'm sure they had people who could have been there, could have physically been at the scene. I mistakenly thought that Alexis McAdams, who's a voice you're going to hear over and over again today, was at the scene because Fox had said just New York. They said New York. She's reporting from New York. And it wasn't until I'd gone through this like three times that I was like, wait a second, she's in Manhattan. So now it's 2 p.m., a half an hour after Fox has started this story. Robert's co-host, Gillian Turner, asks Bill Daly, former FBI investigator, what kind of terrorist group could have carried out an attack like this. There's no evidence that it's a terrorist group. Zero. Nothing. A car blew up. That's all they have. Yet they keep insisting that it's a jihad or something. Here, the fact that this was likely a car bomb, the fact that they were going from the U.S. or trying to go from the U.S. into Canada, does that speak to you and your background expertise about what types of terror organizations might be interested in conducting something like this? You know, it's, it's very difficult at this point to kind of, you know, come to any of those assumptions. Uh, certainly, we know that the FBI Director Ray just, you know, in the past few days has reiterated concerns about potential terrorist activities certainly emanating from uh, from the war with Gaza. And Here's a question for you, Bill, and that is, these likely wouldn't have been people who came into the United States yesterday. I mean, it's easy enough to procure a vehicle. But you've got to procure explosives as well. Then you've got to mm -hmm. have the know-how to put those together into a vehicle. Now, again, maybe this vehicle exploded accidentally, which would indicate potentially a level of expertise with explosives that was less than competent. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe they just thought that they were going to get caught and decided to pull the trigger on it. But, but this mm -hmm. is something that would have required some measure of planning. I hope somewhere in a journalism class at some point, excerpts from this day, you don't have to take it from my podcast, but excerpts from Fox should be played as a cautionary tale of how not to handle a breaking news story. Now, everything he just said there was an assumption based on nothing. You cannot just make these leaps of, well... We think it was a terrorist attack. We think it was a Muslim terrorist attack. And there must have been explosives in the car. And this person must have lived a long time in the United States in order to carry all of this off. I mean, this is I, just, it's outrageous what they did here. So we're moving on. 214, Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy was already scheduled for an interview on the program. Probably to talk about his campaign, I'm guessing. They didn't really say and instead they thought, well, let's just work him into this and we'll ask him questions about this breaking news story. 
So I don't really have a concise uh, example, so I'm just going to explain what happened here. So she mentioned that John Kirby, National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications, told reporters that there was no current credible specific threat to the homeland. That's the context. And then she asks him a question about what he thinks the White House should do or how the White House should respond to this. This holiday weekend, what are you hoping to hear from the White House moving forward through this? I'm hoping to hear the truth. I'm going to be very candid. When I hear a statement like that, I don't believe them. That's the hard truth. I think they may be stating it with good intentions, believing that they're telling a noble lie. That's been the consistent practice of the government. Tell a noble lie because you believe that people can't handle the truth. Well, look at the actual warnings we're seeing. Look at even the signs like the news just off the cuff, the breaking news now. Now, Ramaswamy is not a journalist, obviously, but he's also immediately jumping to this is some sort of conspiracy or cover up immediately. <laughs> we don't know. At this point, it is, again, 45 minutes after this story first breaks. They don't know who the driver of the car is. They don't know anything about the car. They don't know any motive. They know nothing. And Vivek Ramaswamy is already saying, well, the government's lying to us. They must be lying to us. And i just like, what? Now we go back to the hero, anti-hero of the story as it was, Alexis McAdams, who is um, the, you'll see. She is the correspondent that Fox News gave this responsibility to, who was reporting from, again, Manhattan, New York City, uh, six and a half hours away from the accident. Guess nobody in Buffalo answered their phone. I don't know. Why would you do this? Why would you handle it like this? So Alexis McAdams, I believe, is in her like mid-30s, so relatively young, and she's just standing with a microphone on the streets of Manhattan, which, why isn't she just in a studio? If you're not going to be there, why are you going to stand on the... That didn't make any sense. That's what confused me. I thought she was at the scene. And it took me going through this with a fine-tooth comb to realize, she's not at the scene. She's in New York City. What the heck's going on? Why are you putting her on the street if she's not anywhere near the accident? This doesn't make any sense. So, um, and just to give you a premise again, I, I think... Fox was just hoping that their average viewer wouldn't figure this out. They think Niagara Falls, New York, New York City. Close enough. No, Pennsylvania is closer. The entire, most of the state of Pennsylvania is closer than Niagara Falls. Um, Connecticut, New Jersey, much, much closer. <laughs> so I, it just doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so here we go. Um, this is Alexis McAdams reporting. Uh, she repeated the claim again because she was the first one to say that this was a terrorist attack, and she just goes a little bit further with it. Hey, John, so we've been checking in with sources um, at the state level and local police, high-level sources telling me in the past 30 minutes or so that they believe this is a terrorist attack that was committed there in Buffalo near the bridge. As we know, right, it's just in the beginning stages. They're trying to figure this out. But one thing we do know for sure is that this high-level police source I talked to just recently believes that this was a terrorist attack. Okay, just making sure. So what we're what we're checking in on right now is getting from sources um, who are on the ground that they're looking for a second car possibly involved. So we don't know exactly where this vehicle is coming from or came from before this explosion. But what we do know is that it was full of explosives, according to those high-level sources. We know two men in that vehicle are dead. That includes the driver and the passenger of that 
car. Now, she's already getting a lot of details wrong, but we'll go over that at the end. But yes, there's. I put an image in the newsletter of her standing on a street with a... Why is she standing on a street in Manhattan? Like, this is so... This is Fox News trying to fudge, trying to make it seem that she's in Buffalo. She's not in Buffalo. Oh my goodness. I get that they wouldn't have time to drive up to Buffalo, but... When you have a major news network like Fox News, you have affiliates across the country, meaning you have like your local Fox News channel in pretty much every major area. So you'd have one up there. You'd have one up there. Um, so I, I, this is just absolutely bonkers. So 2.30, now we're an hour in, we go to Fran Townsend, who's a former U.S. Department of Homeland Security advisor from the George W. Bush administration. Here she's chiming in. This sort of bomb, this kind of a vehicle bomb, is sort of a classic technique of, you know, jihadist. Um, and so I don't think law enforcement yet understands who it was or what the intended target was. But the detonation of an, an explosive vehicle explosive this size um, is regrettably, uh, look, there could have been many more casualties. Um, but as I say, very much a hallmark of jihadists. Again, no evidence that any Muslim group was involved. 247, Morgan Ortegas, former State Department spokesman from the Trump administration, appeared. She was in a studio at Fox News, uh, not the same studio as America Reports, but she was at least in a studio and out on the phone. I don't know how much more this White House can take, to be honest. I mean, it feels like every few months there is a war in a new theater or there is now an attack on the homeland. Remember, we talk a lot about Israel. I came on the show initially to talk about Israel and what was happening there. There were 30, at least 31 Americans that are killed there, still at least nine Americans that we know of that are held hostage uh, in Israel. And as I've been saying since October 7th, uh, whenever Iran and Hamas and these other organizations chant down death to Israel, they chant death to the America. To the Amer so again, making a number of leaps. Um, Ortegas is on Fox quite frequently. Uh, so this is my favorite clip of the entire thing. This is 250. This is John Roberts interviewing Paul Morrow, who's a retired NYPD inspector. He's a regular on Fox News as well. He's a little bit more reasonable than most of their guests. Uh, he's more professional, I would say. He doesn't get into hyperbolic language. He tends to be more grounded. Um, so... This is the two of these men discussing sort of domestic versus um, like kind of Muslim jihadist extremists. So a domestic terrorist, meaning an American uh, versus an Islamic extremist. When you take a look at all of the people who have designs against America, there's the remnants of ISIS. You know, Al Qaeda is still out there. There's Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Uh, there is maybe some Hamas operatives or Hamas sympathizers. We have seen the uh, FBI director give congressional testimony uh, that we are at a higher level of threat since the heyday of ISIS. Is, the, is there any one specific group that immediately comes to mind if this were to be uh, a, either a, a person who represents a terror group or is sympathetic to a terror group? I would hesitate to pin this to any particular group. I mean, the obvious conclusion that it is that it goes to what's going on in Gaza. This feels to me, and I look, uh, you know, full disclosure, I did this work for about 15 years. Mm -hmm. My gut tells me here, lone wolf, 
Um, it sounds like there were two perps in the car. And the other thing is this. You know, as of now, it looks like everybody's carrying it as a terrorist attack. And that does seem to be where it's developing. But we haven't even gotten that confirmed. So, you know, I, I, there, there's good indications here, Paul, that this vehicle did come across uh, the border from Canada. But when you look at the major cases of terrorism in this country that have happened, 9-11, uh, Boston Marathon bombing, the anthrax attacks, the Beltway snipers, the Atlanta Olympic Park bombing, the Oklahoma City bombing, the Unabomber, World Trade Center bombing, West Side Highway attack, uh, only three of those were foreign influence. The rest were all domestic. I love that clip so much because it was as if uh, Roberts was reading my brain <laughs> because I was sitting there going, what are you talking about? There's so many, um, uh, there's so many examples of domestic terrorists. There's more examples of domestic terrorists than Islamic Jihad terrorists in the United States. Far more. If you count mass shootings, don't even get me started. There's like, yes, it does happen where you do have someone who's radicalized by uh, a radical form of Islam and they perform something like the Boston Marathon attack. Horrific, horrific attack. Uh, those two uh, American young men who, were, who went overseas and got radicalized came back and committed that horrible act. Of course, it does happen. I don't mean to minimize that. However... Uh, things like the mass shooting in Vegas or the mass shootings we have pretty much every day in this country almost always are just an American who's lost it, who grabs a gun and starts shooting people. And the data reflects that. If you actually look at uh, statistics of who commits crimes like this, who commits acts of terror like this, it's far more likely to be an American uh, who has no political agenda and has no agenda about uh, radical Islam. It's just an American who gets mad about something and, and, and maybe they're anti-government. Maybe they've got conspiracy theories on their brain, whatever, but they, it's not, it's not the cliche of the, although that it has happened. I'm going to see, yeah, of course, like the Boston marathon bombing, even though those were American young men, they were motivated by radicalism. It does happen. Of course it does, but, um, it doesn't happen as often. Not nearly as often as like Timothy McVeigh, an American veteran, uh, was anti-American, uh, was anti-government, I should say. And he also had white supremacist um, motivations. That does not get reported on enough. But he was calling, just a side note, Timothy McVeigh, right after he committed the act of blowing up the Oklahoma City bombing, uh, the part of the building, and killing children, you know, people at work, the whole horrible thing that he did. He called a National Alliance, which is a white supremacist organization, looking for refuge. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, that doesn't really get enough in the press. I'm not sure why, but the press downplayed the fact that he had very strong white supremacist um, beliefs. So moving on, the next show was The Story with Martha McCallum from 3 to 4. Relevant guests included George E. Pataki, former governor of New York. He was a Republican. Nicole Parker, former FBI agent. Aaron Cohen, former Special Operations veteran, Israeli Defense Forces. And Michael Balboni, former New York State Homeland Security Advisor. So because of the holiday, again, a lot of substitutions, Trace Gallagher was substituting for Martha McCallum. 
He opened the program with the same story, and this is again at 3 p.m. Now, here is a look at the scene. Sources say there were a ton of explosives. Ton is not exact. We're saying lots, a lot of explosives in a vehicle. That was actually a nice catch there by uh, Gallagher because he realized by saying ton, people might believe an actual ton of explosives were found in a car, which would make the car difficult to drive, I would, I would think. Be a very, very heavy car. So he caught himself, corrected it a little bit, meaning, no, 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 it's a figure of speech, basically. Now he goes into our, our, our anti-hero of the story, Alexis McAdams. So I've been checking in with high-level police sources throughout the state and also in that area near Niagara Falls and in Buffalo. What I've been told is that this was an attempted terrorist attack. They believe the two people in that car who are now both dead after that large explosion there have packed that car full of explosives How many explosives are in that car that's still to be seen at this time and they're also calling in some hazmat crews i'm told because they don't know exactly all was in that vehicle another breaking detail we want to get to you right now as you see these live pictures there on your screen in that aftermath is that they're possibly looking for a second vehicle that so now we jump to 325 we're about two hours after the beginning of this story gallagher speaks to aaron cohen the former special ops veteran with the Israeli Defense Forces. Nobody knows this scenario better than the people of Israel, whose borders are constantly being attacked like this. What do you make of what you're seeing on the ground in Buffalo and in Niagara Falls? Well, what I'm seeing here is exactly what uh, Khomeini of Iran, uh, uh, the Ayatollah, has been calling for over the last uh, uh, 40 days. Uh, same thing with uh, uh, Hezbollah leader uh, Hassan Nasrallah. Uh, they've been calling for a systematic uh, uh, global jihad uh, with everybody who, uh, who stands with uh, Hamas's uh, ideology. Mm -hmm. uh, not surprised at this, uh, at this terror attack that's, uh, that's gone public here. And we go back to Mick Adams. So as you've been reporting, right, there's been these conflicting reports at this hour, which happens with this breaking news update. So what we have heard from high-level law enforcement officers and agents who have been on the ground there in Buffalo, near that bridge and near that crossing, are that there were explosives in that She gets cut off a little bit on that clip. That's my fault. She basically says there's explosives in that vehicle. So... <laughs> No, there was not. So 3.36, two hours after the story was first reported on on Fox, we move on to Michael Babylone, who's from New York State. He was, again, uh, part of the Department of Homeland Security for New York State. Literally, there is concern that this is not just a, a one-off incident at the bridge. Right. So... The one thing that every security professional, emergency management professional knows is that the first reports out of any scene are wrong. It's just this, this weird thing that happens. And it's and throughout my career that has been so true. So what is being done now, obviously, is to find out what really happened. Again, some of the guests were more responsible than others. Some of them just said, I'm not going to make a call. We don't know enough. And some were like Aaron Cohen, where they're talking. I'm laughing because it's just, what are you doing to go, oh, well, yes. The Khomeini in Iran has been saying and Hezbollah has been saying and blah, 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 dropping all these names. Pretty much since the time of my birth in the 70s, um, leaders in the Middle East have been chanting death to America. This is not new. It's ever present. It's something that goes on. Um, so to act as if, oh, they said something. Therefore, this specific incident, Niagara Falls, we have no evidence on whatsoever except for a car exploded. We have no evidence from the car. 
the two bodies in it are completely charred. We don't know what happened, but we're going to make all these leaps. No, you should not be doing any of these leaps. So this is 345. It's even crazier. David Spunt, a Fox News correspondent reporting from Washington, D.C., weighs in and changes everything. Uh, the latest information I have from a source is that uh, they are not 100% certain that there were explosives uh, inside the car that was found that eventually blew up. Uh, but the latest I've heard is it is unlikely uh, that they are going to be reporting that uh, lots of explosives were found inside the car. And in fact, uh, what we may have here is somebody that hit the barrier, hit a barrier at a high rate of speed. And that may have eventually caused the explosion. There's right always, now. when these stories come out, multiple different uh, scenarios that play out. And only one is the truth, and one will ultimately uh, be what happens. So we're wrong. Yeah. And we cover breaking news, and we always say the same thing. The initial information we get is going to be wrong, but here's what they're telling us. Um, we just heard a witness say he saw the vehicle go airborne before crashing. We got a lot more information on that. So clearly, this might not be a terror attack at all. This could be something else so also very very funny that he says we always say the same thing the initial information we get is going to be wrong uh, okay no you didn't say that i've been <laughs> i've been watching this since uh since noon nobody has said that you've had some guests who were responsible and said you know we shouldn't be making a call here <laughs> but nobody said well, usually the information we get out first is wrong. Nobody said that, Gallagher. Nobody said that. A nice try to cover there, but no. And I have receipts. We can go right back through it. Um, I also want to add that when all of this went down, because these are shows I don't cover. These are the morning shows on Fox. I don't cover them normally. These are the legit news programs. I don't think anybody watches these shows, really, compared to uh, the opinion shows. But they do have an audience, and they do have influence. Um but I don't cover them. The reason why I found out about this is that Aaron Rupar, who does very similar the, to work that I do, uh, I just happened to be on my phone and he was tweeting about it. And um, Justin over at um, The Daily Beast was also tweeting about it. And Asin was tweeting about it. And they were all like, what is going on? Why are you calling this a terrorist attack? You have no evidence. And, and now it's not a terrorist attack. What are you doing? What are you doing? They're all just scolding Fox. And uh, again, Wednesday, right before a major holiday, and I just went the day before a major holiday. And I was like, oh, this is nuts. Like, I should check this out. And I didn't get a chance to until Sunday evening. But yes, that's why this, everything is so late this week. But um, had I done that, had I gone through all the work on Thursday, nobody would have noticed that I even did it. So that's why it didn't really matter. Just wait till the holiday's over. So the next show we're going to move on to is Your World with Neil Cavuto from 4 to 5. Relevant guests included Jack Jalpin, former FBI supervisory agent, Ted Williams, former homicide detective, Bill Daly again, former FBI investigator, and Nicole Parker again, former FBI agent. So again, because of the holiday, uh, instead of Neil Cavuto, we had Edward Lawrence, who was substituting as the main host. And he opens again with Alexis McAdams, the most unfortunate Fox News correspondent in recent history. In New York with what we know at this hour. Alexis. Hey, Edward. So we've been checking in with police sources who were very confident just in the past hour or so saying that they believe this was a terrorist attack there at that 
border crossing and at that rainbow bridge. We've been making calls as they've been in meetings. Now they've come out of those meetings and I'm now getting new information. Really there. Again, McAdams was reporting from New York City, six and a half hours away from the scene of the accident. She's just talking to people on the phone. This is crazy. Like, what are you doing? This is terrible, terrible journalism. This is like everything you're not supposed to do. So at the very end of the hour at 4.59, so at the very, very end of the show, Nicole Parker, former FBI agent, uh, is talking to Edward Lawrence about this. And again, she was one of the more conservative ones in regards to making any claims. She was very careful about not jumping to a conclusion or making an assumption. Leaning towards this just a vehicle crash. Again, in law enforcement, you want to give out correct information rather than, you know, be, be quick to provide wrong information, slow it down and give correct information. But I do think it's important for Americans to know, was this a terrorist attack or not? Just want to note that Parker was very um, reasonable there, but she also still left the door open when she said, was this a terrorist attack or not? The American people need to know. Now, the five is at 5 to 6 p.m. Luckily for uh, the American public, at this time, the story was starting to change into this is probably not a terrorist attack because The Five is the number one rated show on cable news. Hard to believe, but true. So had this still been going hot, this may have caught more fire and spread. And so more Americans would have falsely believed that there was a terrorist attack at Niagara Falls when there was not. So Dana Perino opens the show with a quick three-minute breaking news segment. Uh, this is just an excerpt from that. Fox News alert, two dead after a car explosion at the U.S.-Canada border in Niagara Falls. Brand new video showing the moment a speeding car went up in flames that a witness says reached 40 feet in the air. So then Perino cuts to Alexis Adams, Alexis McAdams, I should say, um, again reporting from New York City. Hi, Alexis. Hey, Dana. Yeah, so with breaking news, right, come these breaking developments. The story has ebbed and flowed and changed throughout the day. Originally, police sources who were on the ground and saw the impact of this crash thought this was a terrorist attack, I'm told, because they said they've never seen such an explosion from what, uh, you know, if you look at this video, they did not think that this was just a car crashing, trying to flee and, and exit the area, because now we're hearing it was a stolen vehicle. So now we have these high-level police sources saying bomb techs immediately alerted all authorities that it was an attempted terror attack because they never saw a debris field like that. Now walking that back. So Fox goes into their first segment of the day, which was a full-length segment. And at the very, very end, Dana Perino uh, wraps it with this. All right, Fox News alert here. New York Governor Kathy Hochul. Holding a news conference and saying there was no indication of a terror attack in the car explosion oh. at the U.S.-Canada border. We are going to <coughs> monitor that. I just want to add that the five did not show the press conference with Governor Kathy Hochul live. They just mentioned it. They didn't show any of it. Um, but yes, that is correct what Dana Perino just said. Now we're moving on to special report with Brett Baer, which is from 6 to 7. And this is 6 o'clock. Mike Emanuel was substituting for Brett Baer. See, we're seeing a theme here. <laughs> None of the regular people on Fox were working on Wednesday, which is probably part of the problem. And I just want to say before I play this next uh, clip and then wrap this whole thing up, is Alexis McAdams did screw up here, but the people above her also screwed up royally here. Like, come on. 
somebody higher up at Fox should have stopped all this Muslim talk because they had nothing to back it up. And somebody should have tried to verify what McAdams was saying. You can't just go with some low-level correspondent. It's like, yep, there you go. She's got it. She was reporting from New York City. She wasn't reporting from the scene. Yes, it might have mattered if she was. Oh, definitely. Because the guy who sort of broke this open, I didn't play it because it's not really, it's relevant, but it's just, they mentioned him enough. I just didn't feel, it was long. It was a sloppy clip. But the, um, the eyewitness is sort of what broke this whole thing open. He basically said, I don't know. He turns to the camera. He had a very thick Canadian accent, although he was American, so it's just like a northern accent, I guess. And he just goes, well, you know, I saw this. The car went airborne. Why isn't anybody getting that? The car went airborne. And he describes a car going at high speed, hitting a median, flying up, he said, 40 feet in the air, which is pretty high for a car, slamming back down and exploding. And that's basically all he offered, but that was enough. That was enough to cause doubt, doubt. And, um, yeah, he said he had talked to people, but the press hadn't talked to him, and that was part of the problem here. So this is Mike Emanuel finally sort of wrapping this up at 6 p.m. began here in the U.S. on the border between New York State and Canada. Two people are dead following a fiery crash of a vehicle near a checkpoint at the American side of the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls. Authorities have ruled out a bomb as the cause of the explosion, but the investigation is still in its early stages. Now, they did talk about this incident again in primetime. I believe I was watching uh, Jesse Waters' primetime that night, and it was Kaylee McEnany. Again, nobody was hosting their own shows. It was all substitutions. And she basically was saying things along the line, too, of, well, we still don't know. It's not a terrorist attack. But we still don't know. And that language, even in that clip, was authorities have ruled out a bomb as the cause of the explosion, but the investigation is still in its early stages. That was what Emmanuel said. And Kaylee McEnany repeated the same thing in primetime. So before I go into what really happened, because I looked into the reporting on that uh, that's been recently updated, I just want to give a word out to my sponsor. I didn't want to break that momentum uh, so I'm mentioning the sponsor now. Some podcasts open with an advertisement. That's like a common pattern. I don't. My sponsor is the people listening to this podcast and the people, the folks who read my newsletter. You, the community, hundreds of people uh, paying $5 a month in some cases, sometimes a little bit more if they're on Patreon, are what keep decoding Fox News going. I have no large advertiser. I have no large donor. I am not sponsored by anyone. I am in complete freedom. I have complete freedom to report on what I want to do, which is why I picked up this story, for instance. Nobody can tell me not to do it. Nobody can stop me. Nobody can censor me. Nobody can influence me. Um, thank you so much for your support. If you'd like to become a paid supporter of Decoding Fox News, you go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News. My Patreon uh, for Decoding Fox News. All paid supporters get exclusive content. Um, part of that this week was the newsletter version, which is the written version with some hyperlinks of this podcast. Um, in some cases, it's additional stories that I pull from Fox Nation. It tends to be stuff that's not as topical. Because uh, the newsletter was will always be 100% open to anyone who wants to read it, my, my weekly newsletter. But these special editions that I do are often uh, limited to paid subscribers 
in, in some capacity. So thank you so much if you're a paid subscriber. I also say if you can't afford to become a paid subscriber, please share the podcast. Please share the newsletter. Give me a great review somewhere. I really appreciate it if you could do that because that helps grow the audience tremendously. And thank you so much. So moving on, what really happened? So according to reporting by the New York Times, investigators have since learned that there was no second car involved with the crash and the car was not stolen. The driver, Kurt B. Villainy, and his wife, Monica Villainy, both aged 53, were the only occupants in the car and both died at the scene. The 2022 Bentley Flying Spur, the car that was involved in this, could reach 60 miles per hour in four seconds and was valued at around $300,000 when it was new. The car was moving at about 100 miles per hour when it hit the barrier before it went airborne. Villiani was a wealthy businessman who was local to the area. The couple was headed to Toronto at the time of the crash. Again, according to reporting by the New York Times, an earlier model of the same type of car did have a history of mechanical problems that could cause the gas pedal to stick. This model, there's no evidence that it had any sort of mechanical problem. Uh, just want to point that out. That's what the New York Times said. It could have been something was wrong with the car. It could have been that there was some mechanical issue with the car. The driver could have had a medical emergency, something that caused him to slam on the gas because it was such a powerful car. It accelerated so quickly that he couldn't stop it before it hit the median. We don't know what happened. We probably won't know what happened because there was very little evidence left after the inferno that resulted. And they had an expert in the New York Times that was quoted as, when a car is going 100 miles per hour, anything is possible. Because normally cars don't explode, but because of the high velocity of this vehicle and the circumstances, uh, that's probably what happened. And the sad thing about this is, from what I read in the New York Times, which is hyperlinked in the newsletter, um, you could probably just Google it too. If, you, if you're not a paid subscriber and you, and you can't access that part of the newsletter, um, just Google the story new, and type in New York Times. These They sounded like a lovely couple. They had given uh, money to a local yacht club that had burned down. They uh, offered free lumber. They were very popular in the community. They were very well liked. They had a hardware store. Uh, they have adult children. Their hardware store was sort of like a lumber empire. They had more than one store. Uh, and uh, apparently they seem like very nice people. I don't think it was, I think a lot of people speculated that it could have been substance abuse. I don't think it was based on what I read. It was probably just a horrible, horrible accident. Um, they interviewed their adult children. They said very nice things. We want our privacy. I felt bad for them because this is just a horrible tragedy for the family. They got blown up because uh, it did look very suspicious at first, but it wasn't. It was just a horrible, horrible accident. And again, like we may never know. And I, it may not have been the car. We don't know. The, just because an earlier model had a problem doesn't mean that the 2022, apparently the 2022 a car there was no record of any sort of issue so it could have just been a complete fluke that this happened um very unfortunate so i went through the words used on fox for this six hour segment of of programs israel was mentioned 189 times terror just the word terror which also meant terrorism terrorist 176 times. Again, this was not a terrorist attack, so that is outrageous. Hamas was mentioned 136 times. FBI, 112. The word explosive, 
Again, there were no explosives in the car. 69 times. Gaza, 55 times. Bombing, 41 times. Islam or Muslim, 13 times. ISIS, 9. Accident, 9. Christopher Ray, 8 times. Immigration, 8. Jihad, 7. Stolen, as in stolen car, 5. Radicalized, 5. And domestic, only twice. So there you go. It gives you a sense of how heavy-handed they were about this. Like, to say uh, terror 176 times over the course of six hours about something that was not a terrorist attack is outrageous. To make the leap that it was a Muslim terrorist attack is also absolutely outrageous and irresponsible. Luckily, this was resolved fairly quickly. But had this gone on for a few days... You know, there could have been an act of terror against a random American Muslim because somebody thought, oh, well, we just had this terrorist attack at Niagara Falls. I got to take one of these people out. People do things like that, unfortunately. People do react in irrational ways. Um, Sikh men who are not even Muslim but wear turbans and have long beards were murdered after 9-11 in more than one incident in the United States because people thought they were Muslim. Because people get filled with emotion, filled with hate, and they get whipped up from watching programs on Fox News and other media venues that are irresponsible and push a story like this with no evidence. The key is they had no evidence. So um, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I had fun making that one. It was actually kind of fun to do the timeline. And luckily for me, because this was a breaking news story, Fox kept the time the clock on the screen the entire time so that's why i was able to get exact times because it's actually harder when you're doing it with commercials because the commercials break up the you're not sure exactly where you are with it but this time was so great because they had the they had the scene of the crime on on screen pretty much the entire time they had a live feed from niagara falls which didn't really show anything just showed the border checkpoint and what was left of this poor car and these poor people and they, they had a clock on it. And I was like, wow, this is going to be easy to edit. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, the podcast mascots, Odin and Thor, send their love. I might have something special for the debate tonight between DeSantis and Newsom. I'm exhausted. My sleeping patterns are completely out of whack because of the holiday and because I couldn't sleep. It, eh, I'm not even wasting time on it. It's just I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. I'm always tired, but I'm more tired this week. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you at the next podcast. Again, if you'd like to become a sponsor, you can go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News. Go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. And there's also a little dollar sign next to my name on Twitter, and you can make a one-time donation that way as well. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you at the next podcast. <laughs>